Keepers of the Word. You're here with Mike, Ron, and James. Uh, we've got some plugs and thank yous that we want to give to start off this particular episode. Um, I want to shout out and say thank you to Road, Samson, Sweetwater. All right, and my shout out, my my plug is for Never Die. I uh, mentioned it last time on the last episode. That's our brother Casey, who's the new member of our of our Keepers of the Word team here. He's got a brand new T-shirt company, and it's got some really really cool stuff on it. Nvrdie dot store. Go there, check it out, see the cool stuff that he's got. Uh, you got any shout outs there, James? I'd uh, give shout outs to all of the keepers, friends and family, and fans that are supporting us. Uh, thank you. I'd like to give a personal shout out to all my friends and family, uh, teachers, that, pers- personal that, libraries, those witch communities, <laughs> <and> <laughs> covens, groups, temples, and everything that has been open to me and allowed me to come in and learn things from mouth to ear. Brujo. To yes, that as well to. To better accommodate you guys, the fans and viewers out there, be well-rounded. And I want to say thank you to MasonicSense.com. Um, Masonic that's Paul, Sense. right? Yeah, that's Paul, and he still doesn't have the pancake, pancake. breakfast. and uh, Past Masters, stinky old. Stinky old Past master. Not the way they that. did it my year. <laughs> <laughs> Stay else, guys. Yeah. Right on. Well, um, some new stuff we got coming down the pipeline, guys. We are working on a Patreon, so we are very thankful for all of our communities, all of our followers, all of our friends, everybody that's part of and supporting Keepers of the Word. We really, really appreciate it. And if you appreciate us, then, you know, if there's something that you'd like, some part of Patreon level that you'd like to be involved with, please do get involved we will have exclusive content content we're gonna have special merch for the uh certain levels of the patreon subscribers as soon as we have that all rocking and rolling we'll let you guys know and we'll give you all the complete details but it's in the works right now um also we've got that really really cool giveaway that we're doing with the uh merch from keepers of the word.net Anybody that has purchased since the last episode is being entered into that. And uh, tomorrow we are going to announce the winner. So if you haven't already bought some merch, get in there. Get a chance to win that really, really cool piece of furniture that uh, Brother Mike over here uh, busted out. Put a lot of nice. blood, sweat, tears, and love into. It was really, really cool. I will take it. <laughs> Right on. So how, how are we, what, what are we here for today, Ron? Well, Mike, let me tell you what we are here for. We are here to talk about the winter solstice. The winter solstice is coming up. And, you know, the winter solstice is really about a death and rebirth. The death of the old season, the, the death of the darkness, the birth of the sun and the new light and the new seasons. And every culture... Every spiritual group, every religion, pretty much everywhere across the globe has a way to celebrate, practice, deal with the winter solstice. So we, we noticed that, that of all of these groups, um, there was a few that we decided to go ahead and do a little bit of research on and check out. So 
I can start it out talking about the Roman cult of Sol Invictus. So before you say that, before you get on that, okay. Solstice stands for, means sun stands still. Correct. So sun stands still, that's solstice. And, and going into the solstice, we have a bunch of different religions or right. cults that followed. And starting Ron, go for it. So with that, Sorry. it was... Uh, no, it's cool. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Roman cult of Sol Invictus. So Sol Invictus was the cult that um, the Roman Emperor Aurelian Aurelian started. It was created um, somewhere between AD 270 and 275. And um, basically it was the was a um, takeoff from the previous sun god or soul. So soul Invictus was the new, the, the conqueror of the previous. And so he brought in this, this new cult that would celebrate this birth of the sun god, the new sun god. And the counterpart was Luna. So Luna was the moon, was the goddess, and Luna controlled the night and soul con- controlled the day. And he believed, in, and it was common practice within that time, that the soul god drew the sun across the sky with a chariot of four horses, and the Luna goddess pulled the moon across the, sign, across the sky with two horses. So during this time, there was um, a great feast that would occur usually between um, December 17th and December 23rd was the feast. And that was really, uh, that was the festival that would be celebrated for the harvest. So festival was a party. It was a party. And it was all about harvesting the food during that time of the season and so they would have this big party with this, with all the food, and then when Sol Invictus ceremony came during the solstice, they would have chariot races in the circus, which was the giant place where all the public gathering would occur. Basically, the you know it was this place where they would do the chariot races and the battles and the and the lions and and all of that stuff so during this time they would have chariot races to celebrate the soul invictus to honor him pulling the sun across the sky pretty cool man so i got uh, i got yule you got yule i got yule so we're going to talk about winter solstice and yule um yule is a celebration of the return of the light this is the promise being fulfilled of light birthing out of darkness. Uh, very similar to what Ron was talking about. Uh, is it time to share love and celebrate with our friends and family? At the winter solstice, we have reached the deepest depth of the darkness. This is the end. Uh, this is when the darkness is now going to yield over to the light. So now you have the deepest depth of the darkness with the longest night of the year. The darkness has reached its peak it is a time for the goddess to give birth to the sun god or the sun. And during this time, uh, a lot of pagan 
families or groups and cultures because this is very this is all throughout the north from Germany or Gaul area all the way up to the Nordic uh, tribes and stuff like that to Scandinavia they have slightly different variations but they're all very 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 similar uh, you have things that uh, that you guys would probably understand or, or see around uh, your Christmas holiday. Uh, you have the evergreen, which is hung around doorways and windows. Mistletoe, everybody knows about a mistletoe. The mistletoe basically lives between worlds. It's between the sky and heaven and earth, and it has magical properties. Uh, you have the holly branch, the holly spiky bristles were believed to repel unwanted spirits. This is why we have the holly branch that's used uh, around Christmas. And then, of course, the Yule tree. Everybody knows the tree. So the pines and firs were cherished as a symbol of rebirth and life in the depths of winter. So basically, uh, pagan families would bring in a live tree into the home so that the wood spirits that live inside of it would have a place to keep warm. Uh, food and treats were hung around the branches as offerings for the wood spirits to eat. This is where you bring your candy cane, your your little gingerbread man and stuff like that and actually hang it on the tree with the cookies popcorn. and stuff like that. Popcorn. All these different things. So we can see, you know, these traditions that are, are echoed throughout history that we still observe today. Whether you are pagan or not, um, Christmas is by far probably one of the biggest pagan holidays that um, everybody practices. So um, this is something that has never died. Um, this is uh, something that has always gone on, and this goes with the saying, um, and the wheel turns. And this is the turning of the wheel of life, of death, of light and darkness. This is something that will forever go on, even when we're not around. And, wow, that's very informative. And it, a lot of it ties into what I got, which is Christianity and the solstice. And if you're trying to tie in the sun with Christianity, the only sun that you're actually tying in is Jesus. Correct. Jesus, the son. Son of God. Yes. But how did we get that? Because Jesus was not born December 25th. But they're going off of the Annunciation, which is that time where the Virgin Mary was spoken to by Gabriel Gabriel and told her you're pregnant with the Son of God. And they figured, well, nine months from that date is December 25th. Um, And then you're looking at other, other areas where they're talking about the Gregorian calendar versus the Julian calendar, where in some... Um, places in, in England, you're still, uh, they're still celebrating old Christmas on January 7th. So if we look at, we're, if we're looking at this, it's pretty much just an adoption of what you just spoke of Yule, um, <clears throat> the son of God, um, and also Saturnalia. Like uh, at that time, that's where the, the big transition was happening. And Saturnalia was just tearing up cities and people were it was a purge you could do whatever you want and you didn't get in trouble with it well saturnalia was actually the feast that i had mentioned earlier right when i did my research the 17th through the 23rd was like a whole week it was it it was a harvest it was a harvest festival and then the last the this is technically the darkest day of the year the day with with little light right and in in christianity you have the the only thing that really kind of points to it but it's still very pagan is if you look up at the sky and you're looking at Sirius which is the brightest star at this time and you have Orion's belt which back in ancient times which was known by many different cultures as the three kings 
visiting the Eastern star and pointing at the sun when it rises on the 25th. So it's all celestial. It's all celestial, but it's also all kind of pointing at Soli Victus and also pointing at Yule. So the, the truth is Christianity was just adopting a bunch of other religions at that time because, yes, it was a time of rebirth. So we're talking about the birth of Christ. We're not talking about the death, though. But in Christianity, they also say that the death and the birth were on the same date. Yeah. March 25th, you know, that which didn't really greatly. sit right, you know, so trying to trying to put anything that has to do with the solstice and Christianity, there really isn't anything that's tying it at all. Everything's borrowed from other religions. And now it's called Christmas, which originally was called Christ Mass. And in a lot of Latin cultures to this day, you still go to midnight midnight mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right before, you know, midnight. It, it ends, and, and then everybody goes home, and then you open your presents, and you know, we, we don't like waiting for our presents. <laughs> <laughs> so, talking about celestial events, have you heard what's going to occur this year? Monday, no. the convergence Monday. on oh, on the solstice, where all the planets align. Uh, this it's has not, not all happened. the planets. It's Venus. It's almost and all of them. The has, Jupiter, this has not happened in over eight hundred. Yeah, years. it happens something like every eight hundred years, and Correct. it hasn't been it hasn't been for a while. But it is going to appear like the star of Bethlehem, a ginormous. Oh, wow. So Sirius Star. is going to be huge. It's it's not Sirius. Oh. It's it's Venus. It's Venus and Saturn, I believe, that okay. are uh, we uh, Jupiter. I'm sorry, Jupiter and Saturn. Saturn Thank great you. Conjunction. Check great that out. Conjunction. We got a, the Great Conjunction. So that's uh, on the day of the solstice. There's going to be a Great Conjunction. Yeah, there's and a lot of things you can do on this day. And what can you do? <laughs> there's, I mean, you know. Example. People, people talk about all kind of things. Frequencies, for example. Uh, a lot of people like to tune things in on that day. I mean, you're going to have a really good pull with these plants aligned up. Um, there's a lot of different things that are spoken of. You, you have different cultures talked about when the planets align, that you have gods that can come down, that ride between the planets and come down and stuff like that, ancient culture. Okay. So is it, is, would you say it's compared to where the, when there's a full moon? And no. It kind of affects us differently? It does affect us in that aspect, but this is like a hundred times. Because I don't want to be in a family function and, and just lose my shit. <laughs> well, that's where you have lunacy. So, you know, a lunatic yeah. is when the full moon Lunar. is out and it does right. pull on us a little bit. That's what people do believe in. You become a lunatic when the full moon's out, or it, is, it must be crazy. It must be a full moon now because so many things are weird are happening right now. Um, yeah. So talking about Celestial. practices and 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 things that you can do, um, there are places that you can go to celebrate. Specifically, yes, yes, celebrate or or view the the winter solstice and. Um, Chacon Plaza, Chacon Canyon in New Mexico is one of those places. We almost went there, didn't we, Ron? We did almost go there, and I definitely plan on still continuing. We should plan to, an episode there yeah, eventually. I think we should. 
Um, that whole area, apparently the uh, Chacoan people were very, very aware of the night skies and what was going on in the heavens. And they were well-versed in understanding what was going on so that they could know when to plant their crops and all of those type of things. So in that area of Chacon Canyon, they have developed, these are the people that are related to the Pueblo Indians, mm-hmm. and um, they have an area with different great houses there. And from what I understand, one of those great houses you can go to and you can view across the horizon through the, the slots. through this. Well, actually it's the, I guess one of the houses has the slot that you can see the during window, the, yeah. yeah, the window shows the, uh, I believe it's the summer solstice or the one of the equinoxes, but actually as far as the winter solstice is concerned, there is the mountain range in the background from one of the, great houses that you can view the setting or the rising sun. And as it gets closer and closer to the day of the winter solstice, the sun will get to the very point where the, where the mountain range converges has a, like a little gateway, if you will. And so they, they're able to watch that rising sun as it's getting closer and closer to that point, and then when it's in the very center of that point, then they're able to know that is the day that is the winter solstice. And so many people go to view the winter solstice Mm -hmm. to meditate, to honor the solstice, to welcome in the new year, what have you. So It's, It's a beautiful thing. I would love to go there. I think the last time, I think it was Equinox, the equinox i think we, so we tried, we yeah. tried to go there we were gonna go i think i was maybe like a six hour drive from it wow so yeah, I, you were I in wanted, arizona I was in arizona with relatives I was in prescott arizona prescott prescott <laughs> like get that's what they tell you like get, <laughs> get. I, had, I had to be corrected so many times prescott yeah. prescott and uh yeah i wanted to drive out there but i had no partner because i just drove like six hours ready we'll do it yeah we gotta do it we for gotta sure check it out that's for sure i'm down for that man yeah, we'll get a keepers on the road or something. So uh, this brings us to other celestial fixtures that you can go to in the world and, and watch the natural procession of the celestial bodies. Um, my favorite and something that's dear to my heart that uh, I've spoken on in lectures and in episodes and stuff like that, and likewise, is uh, Newgrange. This is in Ireland. Newgrange, you know, everybody talks about Stonehenge, and Stonehenge is amazing, and Karnak and all that, and that's great. But um, Newgrange is where it's at. If you've not seen that, definitely check out Newgrange. So Newgrange is basically, it's best known for the illumination of its passages and chamber by the winter solstice sun. Um, above the entrance of the passageway is a opening they call a roof box. And this roof box allows a beam of light to pass through this passage, all the way down the passage, uh, at a very specific time on the winter solstice, and for 17 minutes, precisely, it lights the end of this passage. Um, So the building itself, to give you guys some feedback, the building is the second oldest building in Europe, which is really, really freaking old. And they're guesstimating through uh, carbon dating that this was built between roughly 3,200 
and 3100 BC. Hmm. So this is very, very old building. The technology to do this should not really have existed. Um, the amount of man hours and manpower put into this building is astronomical. Um, they, they speculate that families probably built this through generations. It was a, your like creed or your, your family job to uphold this. Um, the white walls are made up of quartz stone. Um, it was rediscovered in 1699 by accident. And it was never excavated until 1960s, in the wow. 1960s. Wow, that's a long time. It's a very long time. So this place was like pillaged. You know, the uber rich would go there and check it out as like a something cool to go see and kind of trample all over it with, without having, um, you know, a proper excavation in mind. You know, what so. was that building used for? So there's a lot of speculations. Um, on what the building was used for. Um, I'm going to step into that really quick because okay. it's something I really like, something I've actually studied. Um, so we're talking about light and death and the rebirth. So basically what Newgrange in a nutshell is going to represent is the womanly womb. So you have the celestial. Yeah, I saw the picture of it there. very much looks like a like a womb. It, like it is a, a womb. Like a, like a mud house. So if whatever. you can actually see a cross piece of this, if they cut off the roof and you're looking down at the separate chambers, uh, it's going to look like a womb. So there's little separate chambers off to the side, left and the right. Um, but it represents the womb. Um, so basically what ends up happening is you have the celestial bodies of the heavenly bodies, which the light would come through this window box and go all the way back into the uterus of the womb part of Newgrange to impregnate um, the... Create new life. To create new life, correct. Mm. So there's all the cycle of life. Um, just to, And a lot of people go, well, why would you think that? You know, like, that's dumb. That's whatever. That's magic hocus pocus. Um, so this death and rebirth has been one of the most sacred um, staples in almost any culture. And to symbolize that or what they're reproducing is the reproduction organs of both heaven and earth and how earth got here, how life got here. And then we mirror that. So it's always micro macro, right? right. Micro above micro below as like, above. So like within Freemasonry, like in we Freemasonry. have the hieramic legend of, of death and rebirth. Very, very similar. So to continue with that, the actual, so it's called a brew. That's uh, a B R U brew. And in Irish, the word brew is translated as womb. So they even called this a womb. Mm. Um, and so this is why we, we view it as that, because it was representing the rebirth cycles. Um, so on December 21st, you know, the lights uh, basically penetrate through the little box, hits all the way down. Now at the end of this, they have a pedestal or a pillar, if you will, that has a bunch of spiral circles on in the back. And it actually illuminates these as the sun is going through. It's a really beautiful thing. You guys have watched it online. If you've never seen it, um, take some time out of your day to watch celestial dance physically happen in front of your eyes. It's, it's a very beautiful thing. Wow. Well, aside from the aside from the whole death and rebirth portion of it, there's also I think a lot of theories that these were also calendar machines. So if there mm. if there was some great cataclysm. The, f the great flood that occurred right. and people needed to be able to rebuild societies. They had to figure out 
when the seasons were happening, when time was occurring, when the seasons were going, and yes. be able to build calendar machines this, for this. This is a, a, a almost a bigger version of that because you have, you know, to build this, you have to have a calendar already. So what this is is basically they are physically through ritual reenacting this. Hmm. So you have a lot of theory that goes on when you have a king or somebody of high importance that is going going to die. Um, there are stories and traditions of a king entering their womb and a baby coming out. And this is not them magically changing, but to when you have his offspring or somebody that's being born, it's literally um, the, continuation the spirit of, is now yeah going yeah. to the newborn. And yeah. then the midwife or whom have you comes out with a baby and the king is now dead. That's what the chambers, they, they thought it was for um, a chamber for the king or some king that was buried and stuff, but it's, it's laid out as a womb. Hmm. Interesting. And I got the Serpent Mound, Serpent Mound of Ohio. Serpent Mound is a internationally known historic landmark built by the Native American cultures of Ohio. It is an effigy mound, a mound in the shape of an animal. Representing a snake with a curled tail nearby are three burial mounds, two created by the Adena culture and one by the Fort Ancient culture. So the Adena culture existed uh, 800 B.C. through 100 A.D., and the Fort Ancient culture was from 1000 A.D. to 1650 A.D. So they, they still don't know to this day which culture built it. And the way it was made, it was made out of a clay, it was a clay mound, and on top of it, they put gravel, and that allowed, um, that allowed foliage to grow and grass and all that stuff. So it was meant to be seen from the sky. So who the hell were they trying to show <laughs> show this to, right? So um, getting into some of the some of my findings in um, 1987, Clark and Marjorie Hardman published their findings in the two uh, findings that the oval two head area of the serpent is aligned to the summer solstice sunset. Um, William Romaine had suggested an array of lunar alignments based on the curves of the effigy effigy's body. Fletcher and Cameron argue convincingly for the serpent mounds coiled mean aligned to the two solstice and two equinox events each year. So the solstice comes up in the head no, solstice comes up in the tail, and the equinox comes up in the head. I thought it was winter in the head and summer in the tail. No, no, I think it's the other way around. Um, but it was it was puzzling on to how the the way it was made and why why is there why is there reference to the sky at this time? Now, I think going back to what you were saying is that the cultures of past needed to figure out a way to measure time. Now, if you put a point of reference, an, an actual point of reference that you can really say, okay, well, th on this day, at this time, it's this. Correct. You can measure yeah. out from there. And I think that's what the Serpent Mount is. Now, we're saying that it has uh, has like a an eye in the front, or is it a... egg? Egg. It's a serpent swallowing an egg, um, which would be very symbolic across the but world. But it could also be the horned serpent, which it, there's doubt in that. But they're talking about the ancient horned serpent of the First Nations. Mm -hmm. So, really, there's nothing to be found as to why it's there. 
I mean, there's nothing there, but they do know that it has something to do with the celestial lights. And what was the uh, what was the guesstimated date that it was built again? Um, they're saying it's between 800 BC to 1080. Wow, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, they still can't figure they still can't figure that out right now. Hmm. And if you look at other ancient cultures that have things like this. Right, like where's the Nazca lines? Um, mm-hmm. Peru. There, Peru. There's a Machu Picchu. There's a purpose from the sky. Right. There's a you there, see you're those seeing from this sky. from the sky. Yeah. Right. So who are you showing this to? Yeah. You know, and a lot of the ancient cultures, if, if you look at their um, stories of creation, there's always something coming from the sky. Yeah. The gods. Right. And they knew that something flew, and they were able to see it. So this is was was kind of a way for them to communicate back i wonder if there was like a book that talked about this huh uh, no there's no it's not like one book that talks about like celestial things and alignments and stuff like that uh are you referring to the book the, the book like it's like uh book of enoch ah this is all book of enoch so book, book of enoch talks about this about seeing a machine about how it's laid out the perception are you talking about yeah. uriel's machine uriel's, uriel's machine, machine. Yeah. great book um but yeah just the book of enoch there's like three different ones. They have the Slavonic, the Ethiopian, and the book, the secret book of, of Enoch. But uh, yeah, he talks about celestial movements and uh, pathways and gates that open up on certain days, which we have equinoxes and winter solstice. And he writes all that down. He talks about measuring stuff. He was the measurer of measurers and talks about how he watched the angels go out and measure everything. And he was recording all this because he was the, the holy scribe and he would write down everything. So you know, the book of Enoch is one of the oldest um, written versions that we have of man trying to, you know, write down these uh, this clockwork that we can watch in the celestial heavens. It's a very beautiful thing. Chariot of the Gods um, was in reference to that, correct? Chariots of God. I mean, so many people talk about the book of Enoch. Yeah, but Chariots of Gods, he talked about all kind of stuff. Yeah, Uriel's machine also talked about it, which very, was more Robert, Robert Lomas and Christopher and Knight. Christopher Knight, yeah, which, two great guys. Which goes back to what I was talking about with calendar machines. That was their yes. their concept Amazing of the, with the equinoxes being equal. It was the. It's even a theory that within Freemasonry, the circle, the point within a circle with mm-hmm. the with the pillars on the opposite sides, the pillars represent two pillars to determine the equinox to start that calendar this is, machine. I mean, so I don't they wanna, talked about I it. I don't want to talk about but I know, too I know. much on that and they get in trouble. But um, that is specifically, you can physically see it. And if I went and I got like a little sticker that named something and put it on certain tools that we have, um, that would literally lay out what it is. That's how you make these machines. The pillars. Not just the pillars. Yeah. Well, the it, stick, the stick. It, it, it goes further. Horizon. It goes further yeah. into yeah, that, yeah. where you can actually lay down the lines and mm-hmm. the footwork and stuff like that. It's literally you're you're inside of a temple. And this is how you measure. This is one way you're saying that you know. This is not only how you measure the heavens, but how you measure a man. But you like measure, you're measuring time and time. But you have measure a man, <clears throat> circumnavigate your passions and stuff like that. You know, we all this measuring and stuff. It's amazing stuff. It is amazing stuff. So in my findings, um, I'm sorry I couldn't find anything really cool out of it other than <laughs> it was made out of clay. Well, I mean, I think it's cool enough that it's... It's there. It's 
but it's, it's a mystery. there and it's another, you know, I mean, very much like Chacon Canyon, you know, it's a place for us that's close enough to go to. Right. I mean, Ohio's a little farther, but we <laughs> could get out there. there Ohio, man, go get yeah, some pictures. Any, anybody Send on us the some East pictures. Coast that wanted to go check it out and, and, and celebrate and, and honor the solstice. If we have any fans out there that uh, has pictures of Newgrange, please send them this way. I would love to see some personal photos of Newgrange. For sure, for sure. Yes, sir. So, guys, um, I guess we're getting close to the end. Um, Yeah. Uh, Okay. If I had my glasses, I could see that. Um, Sharing your (laughs) – what's your favorite Christmas memory? My favorite Christmas memory. I got one already. You got one. Go for I, it. I, I Go was going to say this one. When you wake up in the morning and, like, everything's all warm, you're like a hot turkey inside <laughs> your, your blanket, you know, <laughs> going back to your childhood memories, and you know what's happening outside when you wake up, you know, the first moments. Then you go outside, and you're cold because you just left your little blanket, and now it's, like, presents, and you stay in your pajamas, and you eat food. Like, just a memory of... Of having like that warmth, it's all nice and cold and and warm inside your blanket, and then food you can get food and family and friends. Then you know like the rest of the couple of days afterwards, you're just playing with your toys. So it would be a childhood memory of that. It's good times. Yes, I might. My well, I think it was a general memory. It happened well as a kid. It happened every year. I had a big family, and um, we just all got together and celebrated. The kids would be causing havoc somewhere. The adults would be drinking and eating and listening to music. And it was just a really good time, good partying, um, spending time with your family. And looking back at it, you know, it was 20 years ago. It's it's hard, but it's good because now I'm um, making those new memories now. You know, I got something good to go off of. That's funny that I... If I can think back, I think one of the best memories that I have was I was like five or six years old and I woke up on Christmas morning and I had like an evil Knievel toy, like like one of those launch, you know, the air launchers yeah, the that bikes. would launch the bike across. The suit. Yeah, I think yep. I think they're bringing back that evil Knievel toy right now, like the wind up one. I've seen it on like social media or something like that. And it's like, when I saw that, I did have a little bit of a flashback to my childhood. And, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that those are some of our really cherished yeah. memories is, is, is how awesome it was as a child in your innocence to enjoy that season. And I think, I think it becomes our responsibility as adults to help continue to perpetuate that and pass it on. And the same way that within our spiritual paths, we want to honor our ancestors. Mm, For sure. On the same note, we want to be able to pass forward those practices, those, those memories, those, those good times so that our offspring and the future generations can have similar type of really, really exciting stuff that they have and then just keep it going. Agreed. For me, it was a Nintendo. Like the, I think I remember getting up. <laughs> when I, I remember seeing a box and yep. I opened it up and I just lost it. <laughs> yep, yep. I had the, I had the uh, duck hunt version. 
I had the gyromite version. <laughs> oh, watch out. The fucking ding. Yeah, that was pretty dope. Yeah, I never had Never that. used that stupid thing. No, I've always wanted ro- it. Never, robbed I never the got robot. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just threw that to the side and was just. Nope. I had the Duck Hut version. I remember my the uncles. The gun and everything. Yeah, my uncles took over. I played like once. And like they took <laughs> over. They're all drunk and playing the game and stuff. It's a great time. But as soon as they left, I remember I was like, it's my turn. I was on that. Get thing. out of yeah, here. Yeah, it was so fun. All the, cousins, all the cousins got to go play and stuff. So that was great times. So, you know, this this time of of the shut in and covid i mean it's 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 definitely a weird christmas it's a weird season but during this time for the last several months i mean what what have you been doing james what 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 are how are you keeping yourself busy what do you do uh, james is always busy james needs to drop a few things cuz he's too busy uh, so i i study a lot uh, not only do I study, but I practice what I study. So I've been expanding on my practices. Um, I just got a, a lovely roll top desk with Mike over here. Mm. He that was a nice little he, find. Huh? He helped me to go pick that up. Yes. That was a big mofo. That was very heavy, uh, but it's amazing. So now I have my apothecary set up in it and all my tidbits and things like that for uh, ritual and ritual practices and stuff like that. Um, and for candle making, waxes, seals, and scrolls, and my carvings and stuff like that. And maybe, hopefully, we branch off to uh, some forging and smithing and stuff. I'm, I'm Red down Forge for that. is going to be <clears throat> Maybe. Maybe. That. Yeah, we're, we're, we're looking into that. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on. Um, that's why I always say thank you to all my fan, friends, family, and teachers and and peers that are out there that support me in all my wacky endeavors and weird things to some people. And then to me, it's just normal. Uh, you know, I always got to remember when people walk into my house, I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. Whoa. <laughs> I can explain. Like, it's nothing crazy. This is just me. Every day, James, I'm hanging sorry. upside down, James. Lucy, yeah. You got Christmas a lot tree. of explaining to do. Yeah. You know, I, you know, James is, uh, I got to occupy my brain with a lot of things, you know? Okay. So, so yeah, along with my bookcases and everything, my wonderful, cool furniture I got. I just uh, I've been practicing, man. I've been trying to utilize as much time as I can. Because if if I'm gonna say one thing to all my fans out there and all keepers fans and everybody that's out there listening, if you have not learned anything, if you have not picked up one new skill during this time of COVID, you are lacking. Go and pick Damn. up a new skill. I think you just got called got out. Called out. <laughs> But so what about you, Mike? It's the truth. Um, well, I've, I've been very busy. Um, me and my wife started um, upcycling, upcycling furniture uh, beginning of the year. And then once COVID hit, it started to really get momentum. And we started taking on harder projects. And now we're, we're, we're really taking on some heavy, hard projects that have yielded good results and also good money. So to check out antique vintage finds on Instagram and that's all our stuff. And we also shout out to other people who do the same thing. Furniture artist is a hashtag that's out there. If you put that in there and you'll see what we're talking about. And some it's good stuff. Taking some nice antique furniture and re revitalizing it. I sand it all down. I get in there, uh, get some good stain. It pretty much brings it back to life. I clean up the brass so it looks brand new, but I'm giving it a different twist. I'm changing the color. I'm changing the tones and I'm making it, you know, really cool. So 
Yeah, shake it out. Some of those dry bars that you've done have just been freaking really cool. They're fun to work on. I like to incorporate lighting into a lot of the stuff that we do. You're a light guy. Yeah, I like I like to put lighting in, in in different ways so that way it's if it's either antique or it's something cool, you know. So that's something I've been working on, and I got some ideas for your desk, buddy. Yeah. Well, check that out. I wish I was as productive as you guys. I've been watching a lot of freaking TV. Porn. Um, no. <laughs> I don't need a freaking, I don't need a, a, a COVID to, uh, to anyways. No, I, you know, I've been, bin, I've been binging like everybody. I've been watching a lot of comedy stuff. I really dig the, I, I really like comedy, but then also uh, The Last Kingdom's been I watched the whole freaking like yes. four seasons of Last so Kingdom. That's a, it's good. A really, really good show. I really enjoyed that. So um, I did start doing a little more meditation. Um, I have my altar. I added some things to my altar. Um, I actually added a mirror. So I've been doing some scrithing. You know, it hasn't. Careful it, with that. It, it, we should it, talk about that later. It, it hasn't been exactly. I mean, it's just a regular mirror. So We're it's probably it's, storing uh, that yeah, mirror. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, we'll, it's, we'll talk it's, later. We'll talk. It's in a good place. It's got, I always bless it and I always have the, I always have the, the, you know, the incense going and, and make sure that that gets started. And, and, and I have found that, you know, after talking with you that, that with the different, with the different um, types of altars that you can have, you know, I, I kind of set it up originally as an all-purpose altar, but it has a lot of it's my... It's better to have each one. Well, it has, it has a lot of my, which we talked about, it has a lot of my um, ancestor stuff mm-hmm. on it. It has my pops, um, his flag, his ashes. It's got pictures of him. So I do find myself, I think regardless of what else I have on my altar, it's essentially my ancestors altar because during my times of meditation i find myself leaning towards meditating on my ancestors and and communicating with my dad and with my grandma and, and stuff like that so it's good um, stuff man I, i've started and and it's it's still slow but i'm working on it it's so it's, so this is what we've been doing right so this is what we've been doing during COVID. This is it. So we want to know what you guys have been doing. We want to know how you're going to handle the solstice, the death, the rebirth. You know, this is a time of of uh, having New Year's resolutions. I mean, that's what this is all about. This is the the death of the old and the birth of the new. So if you guys would send us some messages on the Instagram, yeah. send some Instagram comments keepers, out there. Hit us up individually. DM. Drop a DM, leave some comments. Yeah, let us, us up. know. Let's what know what you guys, guys want to hear, listen to, see. Next things you guys want us to dive into. You guys got something cool you think we missed on or something like that. Let us know. You can definitely ask questions on our website. We've got that section there too. The whole so, brand new website you know, that's just growing. Go grown to the by website. The check out all the stuff. Keepers we got of the there. Word dot net. Don't forget to share, like, subscribe, and uh, you know, guys, I think that's gonna wrap it up. So happy holidays! Happy and holidays! And I want to say, remember, the esoteric truths of life are the key. You can't buy. Steal. (laughs) (laughs) Beg it or borrow it. But once you obtain it, you can unlock the shut door in the palace of the king.
Happy Pagan Holidays, guys. Peace.